You are listening to That Big CEO Energy, where we talk all things business, life, marriage to create an impactful community, teaching you how to lead your life and your business with compassion and strength. It can be scary stepping out from the barriers we still carry while we were once employees and change the narrative to take charge of your business and team. This podcast is a place for you to come to learn to do just that. From personal experiences, interviewing new friends, I hope that you will tune in to listen all that living that big CEO energy can offer you and your business. I'm your host, Callie, entrepreneur and fractional COO. Let's jump in. Welcome back. You are listening to episode 31. And today I am going to take you on a little bit of a personal journey. And I feel like this relates to just business as a whole. You know, when we talk about that big CEO energy and showing up for ourselves and showing up in a big way and giving ourselves permission to funnel through all of the stuff in our life to be able to show up for our business, our health is affected. And when we don't take care of our health, when we often opt to ignore signs and symptoms It can feed into our business because we're not showing up in the way that we want to. We're not showing up in the way that we should be able to. And ultimately, it affects the way that we move throughout our business by simply just giving us minimal capacity. And what I mean by minimal capacity is when you look at the push for moving your business forward and objectively looking at it and saying, I need to do X, Y, and Z, whatever those things are. There is a capacity that you need to build within yourself, mentally, physically, and emotionally, to be able to execute those things. And if your mental capacity is drained, if your physical capacity is drained, if your emotional capacity is drained, It really does affect the way in which we show up. So I've wrestled with sharing this publicly, (laughs) for one, um, because it's a very touchy subject. And I've wrestled with how to present it in such a way that it's not a woe is me, because it's not. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it really has turned out to be eye-opening. It really has turned out to be something that is an experience for me. And I get to move throughout my business now in such a way with so much clarity that it doesn't really affect me anymore. So let's just dive in and I will share with you what in the heck I am talking about. So it all started around 2016 and I had decided, well, I had decided long ago that uh, I was done having children. So many of you know that I do have a a daughter. She is 16 now, and I decided that uh, pregnancy was not for me. I did not enjoy being pregnant. I did not have any complications whatsoever. I had a, a wonderful pregnancy. You could say it was textbook. My daughter was the 
best baby on the face of the planet. She slept through the night pretty much the day I brought her home. And, you know, everything was great. But I didn't I didn't love being pregnant. And I would not trade her for the world. But what I would say is when I was pregnant, I was 20 years old. Well, I was 19 when I got pregnant. I was 20 when I had her. And I just knew that she was going to be my one and only. And, you know, she is, from the day she was born, she's always been a really lovely child. And so why ruin that a second time, right? (laughs) As they would say. So I knew ultimately that that was my plan. I didn't want to have children. Um, Cut to 2016, where I really felt the pull to get the birth control that I had that was implanted in my arm removed. But I needed something as an alternative, right? And at the time, they had this implant called Esher, which is a form of permanent birth control. And what it is, it's almost like a spring that they put in your fallopian tube. And they put put it near your uterus. So then over the next, I can't even remember how long it takes, maybe six, eight weeks, tissue uh, grows around that. So when the tissue grows around that, it creates the blockage. And then you no longer can pass eggs through the fallopian tube to the uterus, which means you're not going to get pregnant. And so the gynecologist that I was seeing at that time, uh, you know, I was talking about more of a permanent form of birth control. I was going to get my tubes tied as it would. And he said, well, let's let's try this. And, you know, he gave me all the risks. And at the time, there were very minimal risks. And the only risk really that I that would really affect me was that I couldn't go back. And so I had to really contemplate, do I really, you know, do I really not want to have children? Is that something that I don't want to have? And at the end of the day, it still was a resounding, Daniela is your one and only. And so I said, okay, let's go ahead and do that. Well, I knew in 2018 that there were lawsuits that were floating around and they didn't really provide a ton of information. And now, actually, when you go to the eSure website, it says that they have been taken off the market and that Bayer has stopped all production. And so when they had these lawsuits in 2018, they still had up into a year when they discontinued it in 2018, they still had an obligation that if somebody had purchased it prior to discontinuing, that person had up into a year to get it implanted if they chose. And then the lawsuits uh, came out. And mind you, this Esher has been, quote unquote, FDA approved since 2002. And from 2002 to January of 2019, The agency had received 26,272 adverse event reports about the device. And so my thought was during this time, I don't have any issues, right? I don't, I'm not experiencing the type of situation that the websites were painting. And what the websites were painting was that the spring would dislodge attached to other organs and that was causing an issue, obviously that women would experience ectopic pregnancies, which I knew that that was a risk going into it. But 
I had never experienced that. So I'm like, okay, check one and two. We're good there. I'm not experiencing anything. But it never mentions anything about experiencing autoimmune conditions. And we all know that putting foreign things in your body can trigger dormant or underlying or new autoimmune conditions. And I didn't really start putting the dots together until this year when I decided to take control of my health. So if you remember, or if you have been around for any length of time, I have been battling since about the beginning of 2019, I've been battling finding help for feeling like I have huge inflammation markers. And ultimately, the beginning of 2020, I actually, yeah, the beginning of 2020, I was diagnosed with seronegative rheumatoid and they put me on methotrexate. From there, I really was just living with this diagnosis of, great, now I have arthritis. This is something I'm just going to have to deal with. And I thought the end-all be-all was this methotrexate, and then I was just going to live with this for the rest of my life. And one of the things that happened to me was I went to church for a women's conference weekend, and it was called Heart of the Home. And I remember sitting with this group of women, and there was a woman on stage that was talking about how she had all of a sudden got a crippling autoimmune disease. And it came out of nowhere. Her whole story was excruciating to listen to, but she's a beautiful storyteller. And so by the end of it, she was on her knees, just throwing her hands to God and letting him drive however this situation was going to go, right? And she said, I had made the decision to stop going to my rheumatologist. And I stopped taking the medication and I had decided to seek out a naturopathic doctor, or some people call it a homeopathic doctor. I choose to call it a homeopathic doctor because my tongue just works that way. <laughs> so when she went to the homeopathic doctor, she had explained, you know, all of the things that they had went through and she had even got to a point where she couldn't walk. They had installed a ramp in her house so that she could get upstairs and she couldn't sleep in bed because she was just in excruciating pain. And then when she found the homeopathic doctor, they started working through a lot of what the blood panel showed and, you know, detoxing in such a way that was appropriate. And she said, it's not lost on me that when I turned it all over to God and let him drive, that I would then find a homeopathic doctor and this was the way that it was going to go. So afterwards, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And so she got done speaking and she was out in the lobby and I went up to her and we just started chatting and I explained to her, you know, all of my symptoms that I'm going through and just, you know, every day I wake up in pain and it's awful. And, you know, I'm in my 30s. So 
showing up and waking up in pain really isn't isn't something that we should be doing. So we prayed together and she said, this is the name of a woman here in town to go and get help if you want to. And she said it was life changing. And so I called the number and I made an appointment. And when I arrived, I felt like there was just this washing over me. And I remember the night before my appointment, just praying and saying, you know, God, like if this is the direction that I need to be going, I will follow you. And please just, you know, let this be a good appointment and let me get some clarity either way. Either I have this and and this is what it is and I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life and I'm going to have to find a way to manage my pain or this is not what this is and and I need to be on another journey. And it turned out that this is this is not what this is and I'm on a different journey. And so when I had my initial appointment, there was no judgments. The woman is absolutely incredible. And she said, I want to take some time and do some more research on some of the things that you have shared with me. And so I'm not ready to give you a protocol, basically. So I'm going to take a few days. I'm going to do some research and I will give you a call. And about two days later, she called me back and she said, have you done any research on the Esher implant that you have? And I said, very minimal, not enough to be educated on any stretch of the imagination. And she said, I want you to read some of the things that I sent you. And I did. And I was brought to tears. One of the websites that talks about the lawsuits is, even after multiple surgeries, many women still live with chronic pain and inflammation from metal fragments of Esher left in their bodies. These women were among the thousands who sued Bayer. It hit me like a ton of bricks that the inflammation that I was experiencing, the amount of metal that I could taste in my saliva, you know, and I thought it was just from like drinking out of a can every day, which, by the way, is not good. Please drink out of a box or glass something. And I just was like, now what? <laughs> you know, like I, I have this implant. So I called her back and I said, I read I read what you gave me. And um, I think the next step is to find some way to get this removed. And she said, I wasn't going to share that with you. I knew when I called you that I should recommend it, but I'm not. I'm not here to tell you what you need to do with your life. And I'm not here to tell you that, you know, I'm going to be able to solve all your problems if you get it removed or that getting it removed will solve all your problems. But I do think it's a step in the right direction. Because I wanted to take such control of how I was feeling and such control over my life, I made the call to our local health system here and ironically enough, this gentleman that put it in no longer removes them. And I thought, what in the heck am I going to do? So the bigger health system that is lower in our state, uh, the U of M health system, I contacted their family planning unit and I spoke with her. I ultimately had it removed. And once I had it removed, I knew that there was still a little bit of a journey 
right? And I knew that I still had inflammation. I knew that I still was going to feel probably a little off for however long it took. And one of the things I was scared of was, what if they don't get it all? What if they leave fragments behind? And what if now, because of those fragments, it turns out to be worse? And again, the night before I was scheduled to go into my procedure, I I just turned it over. And I just said, God, <laughs> you know, this is... If this is what you want, uh, you're going to turn this for good. And I'm just going to let you handle it. And I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. And that was one of the risks, right? When we talk about risks of surgery, that was one of the things that they absolutely mentioned multiple times that, you know, there is there is a possibility that we will not get it off. And the reason for that is, is because depending on how long you've had it and how many other surgeries that you've had, you can have other tissue build up. And also, if it's not implanted correctly, it can be hard for them then to make the incision and be able to pull it out properly. So I knew walking in that that was that was a risk, but I was I was willing to risk it because my thought was, what else is going to happen? I already have the pain. I already have the inflammation. I already have the autoimmune sort of condition that has been triggered, what what now? I mean, how much worse could it possibly get, right? And when I came out, the surgeon said to me, not only were we able to get it out, but that was one of the best cases that I've ever seen. And I just broke. And I thought, this is it. This is the path that I was supposed to take. And thank you. To my homeopathic doctor, who is just incredible and is kind. And one of the things that really, really stuck with me was that Bayer has tried to shift the blame to the gynecologist to absolve itself of liability. And I thought, how unreal that you would not take the side of your patients that you've sold this to, but rather blame. And so now I am pain-free. I still wake up with a little bit of inflammation, but honestly, I think that is more diet-related than anything. So we're working on that. Since having this removed, I have just felt a better sense of peace. And don't get me wrong, even though I've had it removed, I've also had my fallopian tubes removed because that's part of the process. So, you know, I still can't get pregnant. Um, but there's just an overwhelming sense of peace that I carry with me every day. And that peace was, I had done something pretty reckless when I was young and was so much in the search of I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want to get pregnant. I have to do anything at all costs to not get pregnant. And what I realized was that that was a deeper rooted seed that I need to work through as to why I didn't want to get pregnant. And we won't go into that today because <laughs> that's a whole story in and of itself. But I was reckless. And I made a decision based out of fear. I made a decision based out of what I thought I needed at that time. And ultimately, 
it cost me my health at one point. And I will never forget feeling the sense of relief when that doctor came to me and said, we got it all. And that was one of the best cases that I've ever seen. Because I just thought, number one, finally, some relief. But then number two, this creates a baseline for taking care of yourself in such a way that is optimal for your rich health. And prior to getting it removed, I had often struggled with showing up in such a way that was effective. And I would work myself to the bone and I would work myself into feeling like I just always had to catch up, like I wasn't doing enough. I was always tired. I was always exhausted. I was always feeling like just a disaster, really. And what I realized was that I was suppressing my health by keeping that Esher in there. And I was suppressing my health in my overall business because my mind was cloudy. I was in pain. I wasn't even barely able to roll out of bed without feeling this overwhelming, excruciating being a balloon. And I just want you to know that if you are working through health issues and if you are trying to understand what is happening, don't quit. Don't give up searching for answers. I think oftentimes we get into this mode of feeling like I have a doctor, they take care of me, they give me what I need, and that's the baseline relationship. But sometimes that doctor doesn't have the mental fortitude of some of the other symptomology that you're having in order to make a good, clear decision that is best for you. And sometimes it takes finding multiple people and putting yourself on a journey to be an advocate for your health. And I think that is the most important thing. If you leave here with nothing out of this whole entire story is to be an advocate for your own health. Be an advocate for who you are and what you need from people, from practitioners, from your business, from yourself. You need to be an advocate and raise your hand and say, something is wrong. I need help. And if you are not going to help me, I'm going to go and find someone else to do that. And don't be scared. Don't be afraid to look them in the face and say, you know, I don't think that this is the best plan. And I feel comfortable going and finding other answers. Thank you so much for everything that you have done for me up until this point. But moving forward, I think I think we're done here. And so if I can encourage you to just take that one step of finding the answer you know, if you're struggling with fatigue, if you're struggling rolling out of bed every morning, if you're struggling with some joint pain, if you're struggling with your autoimmune condition, keep showing up, keep fighting, keep working for yourself. Because at the end of the day, when everything is done, you have to live with you, nobody else. And if you choose to 
let everybody else tell you exactly what you need to be doing and you make no informed decisions, then you could walk yourself into a dangerous path. So I hope that this encourages you. I hope that, you know, my story can be a beacon of light and make this known. I'm not telling you to ditch your family doctor and go to a homeopathic doctor and do all of the things that I just went through. But I am telling you to be an advocate. And I am telling you to be an advocate for yourself because you deserve it. Thanks for listening to That Big CEO Energy. If you heard something today that helped you, I would love it if you would leave a review and share it with your friends. This helps more people like you become inspired just like you are. If you would like to learn more about how I can help you streamline and position your business for growth or lead your business as a CEO, feel free to jump into the show notes with all of the links to find me. And don't forget to head over to Instagram so we can be pals.